Be prepared to experience a life-changing teaching designed to challenge you to discover your blessings in a world-fulfilled life from the International Central Gospel Church, Paradise Temple. And now, today's sermon. Grace for good works. We have concluded that we are saved by grace and not by works that none should boast. And we came to understand that the grace that saved us does two things for our life or it did two things for our life. The first one is that it reinstates us in Christ. The second one was that it prepares us or equips us to do good works. We understood that last week. And last week we look at the grace that reinstates. Grace that reinstated us in Christ and the work it does. And how are we supposed to live so that we will still remain in Christ. We will still be instated in Christ and do whatever Christ saved us for. Today, we want to look at the aspect of grace that enables us to do good works. And we must understand that we succeed as Christians by walking in Christ Jesus and doing good works. No Christian can have successes in the Lord Jesus Christ if we don't walk in him and do good works. I know somebody say, how do we walk in Christ? Simply obey Christ. Obey the word of God. If you want to walk in God, just obey the word of God. That is all about Amen. In him we move and live and have our, our being. So to um, uh, walk in him is just to believe in him and then um, 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 and then live your life in him. Obey whatever God tells you and then we are, we are, we are walking in Christ. Then we have to what? Do good works. Do good works. But I said our major problem this morning is grace to do good works. So let's read Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 and answer these few issues here then continue. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. That means that nobody will by our own choice and desire do good, any good works. If God is to leave us, we will never do anything good. Amen? Because the will to do good, we will not even have it. Hallelujah. So, Philippians says, doing good does not come easily. It is not easy to do good. Hallelujah. As a Christian, it is not easy. 
Sometimes you want to do good. But when you think about the good you did and the results you received or you harvest, you will never. Sometimes you want to do good. But the will. You have 50 Ghana cities. Somebody sitting right in front of you say, I'm hungry. I'm not eating the whole day. Crying. I just need two Ghana cities. And you have 50 in your pocket. Just giving the person two cities. You'll be grudging. You'll be fighting in you. Bring all the unused clothes that you still have in your house, which you are not using. Bring it so that we go and give to charity. The things are still there in your wardrobe, in your room. You are still not using it, but bring it. It's painful. Some of us, we take some of them and we look at it. Ah. Meanwhile, this thing is no more fitting. Doing good does not easily come. The ability to do good is God. So it is the Lord who will in us, who works in us, both to will and to do. So the ability, the willing, the desire, the choice to do good is God. Amen. You see, that is why you have to appreciate people who do good. People who live a good life. People who live good examples. People who treat you good. People who speak good to you. People who encourages you. People who support you. Anybody that you found on your way of life who, who does good to you. You have to thank God for them and for their lives. Because the choice to do good, if God does not give it to you, forget it. You will not do it. Hallelujah. Sometimes you can see somebody very generous. You can see somebody very open. You can see somebody very kind. And it's not, oh, this person is very kind. I wish. It's not a matter of wishing. It's a matter of praying that the Lord will make me. The Lord will work in me also to do good like this person is doing. Amen. Grace gives the ability to do good. God, by his own sovereign power and right, will never has give us the will and the power to do good. Because no matter how God enables us to do good, human beings are still ungrateful. Amen. Human beings are still ungrateful. And if God is going to look at human beings and God is going to look at our attitude and our behavior, he will never ever give us any choice and will to do good to each other. God will allow each of us to perish in our suffering in a, and in, in, a, in our challenges. Hallelujah. But because of grace, he overlooked all our ungratefulness. He overlooked all our attitude, all our wickedness, all our selfishness, all our bias, and still gives us grace to be able to do good. Amen. That is why sometimes when you pray, even what? Pray and thank God that you have the heart 
to do good. Sometimes you'll be looking at the face of your enemy and you still say, God bless you. Sometimes the person who has a knife at your back, you see pray and God drops them in your heart and you have to pray for them. Most of the time, sometimes when I'm praying, and I'm praying with memory, and, and God is dropping names of people and faces of people to intercede for them, sometimes God just drops some face and some name and I will look at the picture of the person and I say, my God. You see that the head does not like it, but the heart like it. And you have to continue praying. Is grace. Hallelujah. So if somebody do you good, somebody treats you fair, somebody handle you with every respect and dignity and be kind to you, don't just throw it away as if the person doesn't have anything doing. They just get up and they come into your life to bless you. Thank God that God has given that person grace to do good to you. Amen. Because it's not everybody that will do good to you. Let me tell you, in my life, the people who really did good or have done good to me, none is a close relative. None is a family member. So sometimes I ask myself, why should God touch people I have no idea, I've never met before, for them to do good to me? And even the ones that I know, the ones that I expect, sometimes you go, they turn their back to you. Amen? So, dear ones, appreciate. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 7, verse 19 to 20. For the good that I will do, I do not do. But the evil I will not do, that I practice. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me the natural man does not want to do good from this scripture amen he said for I find in myself two laws or two personalities in me there's a good aspect of me there's a bad aspect of me so from Romans, from Paul, he said that the natural man cannot do good. Listen to me. If we leave, that is why I said if we leave you alone, you will never do good. The natural man does not want to do good. That is why, you see, doing good things, praying, fasting, living right, giving, those things is difficult to do. Hallelujah. Some of you playing an audio or a, a, a sermon alone in your house or in your car to listen is difficult it is difficult for you to do amen Paul said I want to do good but I cannot do it I know the good I want to do but I'm finding it difficult to do it so if I can't do the good I want to do and I'm doing the evil I don't want to do he said now I understand there are two personalities in me. There's a good and there's a bad, which is in me. But most of the time, the bad part of me is the one who always showed up. The human nature is comfortable in doing evil. But grace pardons us and enables us to do right and good. The human nature is comfortable 
in doing wrong. Hallelujah. You can walk to a church member and start discussing about the sermon. Church. Three, five minutes, they are okay. Start discussing about a church member or the pastor. It can continue until rain comes. If rain does not come or there's no light off, no. The conference will continue. Amen. Two Christians will meet. They will talk more of the problems of the church or the church members or the pastor than talking more of the blessings and the glory of the church or the pastor. Why? That we are comfortable in dealing with evil, in discussing evil, in talking evil, in doing evil, but the good, but God gives us grace. And that grace sometimes it pardons the evil aspect, the fleshy aspect of us and give us the right and the will to do good. This morning, may the Lord enable you to do good. May the Lord help you to do good. May the Lord bless you to do good. I pray that grace will found you so that from today you will begin to do good. Hallelujah. The good works the good works that God wants us to do. What are the good works? What are the good works? John chapter 14 verse 12 the New Living Translation. I tell you the truth. Somebody say the truth. Say the truth. Look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor the truth. It's one. And that is what we must do. truth. Anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done. Jesus said, if you believe in me, you can never do anything. But it's exactly the same works. What I did is what you will do. He said, and even greater works because I am going to the Father. The works I do, the works I did, what I came to earth to do, if you believe in me, those are the things you will do. And even you will do greater than what I did. So, Christ told us the good works we must do. Hallelujah. Number one is the works that he came to do. Can you give it to us? Number one, to do the good works Christ was doing. That is one. And we will come to find out what were the good works Christ was doing. That is what we are supposed to what? To do the good works that Christ was doing. And you and I, we don't read any bad works that Christ was doing. We saw that the man was doing good works. And those are what we're supposed to do. Number two, we have to do greater of the works Christ was doing. So everything that Christ was doing, we have to do greater. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. A mighty healer, he healed the leper. When the cripples saw him, they started walking. Everywhere he went, my God was doing when the people saw you, you started insulting. Everywhere you went, a Christian was doing bad. 
didn't go cripple saw him. He didn't go lay saw him. Poor saw him. Prostitute. Drunkers. Criminals. Even on the cross while he was dying. People were doing him bad. He did them good. Everywhere you went. Whatever you do. We must do the same and we must do greater. Ask yourself. Have you even done little of what Christ do? Much more to do the same and to do greater. Amen. Number three. The works of Christ. Can you pick them one one? Because we have to understand the works Christ did in order to know to continue and to do great. If we don't understand the works Christ did, then what are we continuing to do? So we must first understand. Luke chapter 7, verse 21 to 22. And that very hour, he cured many of infirmities, afflictions, and evil spirits, and to many blind he gave sight. 22. Jesus answered and said to them, Go and tell John the things you have seen and heard, that the blind are seen, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor have the gospel preached to them. Hallelujah. Go and tell, because John the Baptist, while he was in prison, he himself could not even believe. That is Christ. You see the one that they are saying is going to come, or we should expect another one. Then he sent his disciples to go and find out. And the disciples went. And they said, our master has sent us to find out from you. Are you the Christ? Are you the Messiah? Or we should be looking for a new one. Because I don't know what John was expecting. Whether he was expecting that Jesus was coming to take him out of prison. Because that was what his expectation. He knew that this is the Messiah. And, and John was the one who testified that yes, this is the son of God. And, and the heavens has opened. A voice has cried from heaven. And, and John knows all this. That this is the Messiah. But John is in prison. And his nephew does not mind him. So he said, you should go and find out. Is he the Messiah? And when he came, Jesus said, you know, the only thing I can tell you is that look at the works I have done. The works I have done is that is testifying that I am the Messiah. Go and tell him. Even as a matter of fact, you know, John has finished his work. You know, in this life, how we are going to depart, nobody knows. Amen. Nobody knows. The way you didn't know how you came to this life, the same way you wouldn't know how you are living this life. That is why every minute and second of your life, you have to make sure that when God should come to call you back, you are qualified and you are ready. Being there was the end of his life. He was not going to come back. And surprisingly, we don't know whether it was by purpose or plan. We don't know, but he died by executing his head. Some little girl have to dance. And his foster father was interested. Asked him, what do you want? He wanted to ask an evil mother. And the evil mother, who doesn't like John the Baptist? Because John the Baptist was preaching against her ordeal. You know, she was the younger brother. The king's brother's wife. 
and the king have taken her because he was rich and powerful. So has taken the younger brother's wife and John preached against it. Listen to me. Don't do what you have not been asked to do. Most of the problems we get as Christians is that sometimes we pull our nose and our legs to where we have not been assigned. God gives everybody a terrain, a voice, a message, a, and, 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 and a responsibility. If it is not your responsibility, don't pull yourself there. You will die early. John the Baptist was standing at the shores of the river. Repent for the kingdom of God has come. And they asked him, are you the Messiah? He said, no, I am a forerunner. My work is only to prepare the way for the Messiah to come. So when the Messiah came, he announced it. This is the Messiah who has come. The son of God. Whose shoes I am not worthy to untie. He has finished his work. Because all he has to do is to prepare the way and introduce the Messiah. Messiah has come. You have introduced him. Your job has finished. You should be waiting for the Lord. Now he has no more message to preach. He started preaching about Herod and his brother's wife he has taken. God will punish you. God will punish you. And then he was picked. If you do what God has not assigned you, God will not defend you. Amen. God does not fight battles that he has never assigned. Every purpose and every dream, every vision and every work God gives us onto this life, there is a battle attached to it. And the grace for our purpose enables us to win the battles of our purpose. So if you step out of purpose and you start doing what God did not assign as part of your responsibility of life, God's grace will never cause, help you to fight that battle. And you will fall, you will lose, you will die. He was not called to come and preach about uh, Herod and his brother's wife or whatever. Preach about repentance and preach about grace and preach about Jesus. And when he comes, leave and go. If you have finished what you are doing, sit down. That is why sometimes the people who use the altar, we want them to do according to what you are came to do. If you came to lead prayer, lead prayer and go. You don't do another preaching, you don't do another worship. If you came to lead worship, lead worship and go. If you came to give announcement, give your announcement and go. Let things be done in order and in the right perspective. Of the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. You pull yourself into another area. You incur what we call strange fire. He died. So the people went to Jesus. Jesus said, are you the only one? Jesus said, the only way by which you will know. That I am the Messiah is look at the works that I am doing. And what are the works? See, the blind are seeing, the deaf are hearing. The lepers are being cleansed. Hallelujah. So, the first works, general works of Jesus Christ, whom we have been called to partake, number one, is hope to the poor. Hope to the poor. I wish I would have time and talk a little about hope to the poor. Do I have it on the slide? I don't know yet. Hope to the poor. He said, and the good news to the poor. What is the good news to the poor? Hello, what is the good news to the poor? 
Oh, talk to me. What is a good news to a poor person? What? Riches. How many of us here who don't like money? You don't want money. You have enough. You have enough. You don't want again. We'll just lift up your hand. We'll pray grace for you. So that we'll seal it. We'll lock the door. So that no more riches will come to you. How many of us? It means we are all poor. Amen. We are all poor. So the good news, when you hear now, that my brother, there's an opportunity in World Bank, and they are taking people of your qualification, and the pay is $5,000, all taxes and deductions taken. Tomorrow morning, bring your CV and application. You are employed. You are taken. Will you still work out where you are? Even if you cough it to your father and your wife. They say, well, but I qualify. Your parents will ask you, so what are you waiting? He said, I brought good news to the poor. Poverty in the Bible is in two terms. One, we have spiritual poverty and we have what? Natural poverty, human poverty. Spiritual poverty is... Christians or the believers who are hungry to know more of God and have more of God. That Paul said that, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. It's what spiritual uh, poverty. Where my two chapter 5 and I think verse 3 or so. He said that blessed are the poor in spirit for they shall inherit one. The kingdom of God. So we are people who are spiritually hungry. And they are the people who are always in church. To get more of God. If you want to know whether you are poor of the spirits or you are rich of the spirits, look at your hunger for the word of God. Look at for your hunger. Some of us, we are not hungry for the word of God. Paul said, it is the power on what? Transformation. The word. But we are not poor of the word, so even we are not hungry of it. When I used to be a, a, a pew member and even now, I don't take for granted the word. There are some people on praise TV that every day I must listen to them. Every day. Because I like the way they give the word. I like the way they have. Because I want to know more of the word. I want to know more of the word. When you come and I was before my PC and I'm doing research, I'm studying the word. Sometimes the whole day, I can sit down 9 o'clock. I wake up like 4 o'clock. I would read about 10 versions. Pick up this one, research. Go to this, go to this, find out this, get this. What is the original meaning? Why was it used? Why Jesus did this? gets more so that by the time I get up, I am full of the word. But we are not hungry. And we want the kingdom of God. Remember, Jesus said that the kingdom of God is at hand. But it is not in hand. But those who shall possess it are those who are hungry of the word. The poor in spirit. So he said that for he has come that good news. That means all of us who are hungry of the word of God, we shall inherit the kingdom of God. Somebody say amen. amen. And you know the kingdom of God is not about food and bread. But righteousness, peace and what? And what? Righteousness. Peace and what? Joy in what? The Holy Ghost. If we are struggling to live right, 
If we are not happy in our life, if we don't have peace in life, it means that we are poor of the word of God. Because when we get full of the word of God, the kingdom of God is given to us. And when the kingdom of God is given give to us, peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Ghost comes to us. You will live this life and your happiness is not because you are, you are receiving big salary. Your happiness is not because you have big, a good job. Your happiness is not because you have a visa. Your happiness is not because something material, human is happening. But your, right, your happiness is in the Holy Ghost. You have peace in this life. When everybody is complaining, you will sleep. Amen. Me, I sleep. Nothing worries me in this life. Because you know something? I have the kingdom of God. I have the peace of God in the Holy Ghost. So when I touch my bed, I sleep. When I want to wake up, I wake up. Because I know he that puts me to sleep, he will wake me up. and joy every day I don't just get up and I'm crying anyhow I don't just get up and I'm complaining and I'm no 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 you see I have bring myself to the place that anytime I sense sadness bitterness pain in my heart I know that it's a, a, it's a message I know that the Holy Ghost is talking something needs to be corrected because I don't live my life in sadness or pain. No, 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 no. I have joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So the moment I realize that my joy has been touched, I know that something the Holy Ghost is communicating. And immediately, I have to start praying. Or I have to start communing to discern what the Holy Ghost is saying. But you know, because we have no reach of the word and the kingdom has not come to us, some of us, we can stay in our house and cry and cry and cry and cry. What is the problem? Rao. I'm sad. Why are you sad? I'm sad. Why are you sad? My soul is sad. If your soul is sad, command your soul. Amen. My soul rejoice in the Lord. Be stronger in the Lord. David will never allow his soul to be bitter. The second poor people are those who are poor in need. We are talking about material, financial poverty. Those who don't have to eat. Those who don't have to wear. Those who don't have to sleep. That is what we call poverty. If you don't have to eat, you don't have to wear. You don't have to sleep. These are three basic things. And if you are not able to take care of your health, basic, those are poor. And these are the people. You can ask the missions team that on Easter Saturday when they went for missions, just the small rice and chicken. You can ask them, the joy on the faces of the destitute, the people who don't have a place to sleep, and the clothing that they gave to them, the used clothing they gave to them, ask them the joy that was in the hearts of these people. They were so happy that clothing has been given to them, food has been given to them, that some people called Christians has come to where they are. 
that ghetto, that corner. They were so happy. It's a good news. And the Bible said that Jesus came. Bring good news to the poor. This morning, I release that the good news is coming to your house. Every area of poverty or in your house, in your life, whether it's spiritual poverty or it's material poverty, good news is coming unto you. The kingdom is coming unto you. Riches is coming unto you. Wealth is coming to you. Blessings is coming unto you. It does not matter. Some of us, we are poor in marriage. Good news is coming there. Some of us, we are poor with our business. Good news is coming there. Some of us, we are poor with our, with our jobs. Good news is coming there. Some of us, we are poor with our employers and employment. Good news is coming there. Some of us, in our health, we are poor. Good news is coming there. Some of us, in our Christian life, we are poor. We can pray. We can fast. We can give. We can live to please the Lord. We are poor but this morning good news is coming to you i release the good news of the lord that you need to heal your poverty whether it's spiritual good news receive it whether it's financial good news receive it whether it is material good news receive it whatever good news you need so that you